Hey, this is BJ Kahuna from Rock and or Roll, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10 with a name based on a cheap trick song. You can't go wrong, so enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. Alright, if for some reason this is your first episode of Rock Strikes 10, do me a favor, Go back one episode to episode 314. We're in the middle of a two-parter right now where we are discussing all the shows that we've been to over the last year and a half by we. For the most part, I mean myself and my lovely wife, Nola. There are a handful of shows that I did attend without her, either by myself or with Chris or, you know, somebody like that. So I'll be doing the intros and outros of those particular songs by myself but uh, occasionally Nola will pop in from time to time here on part two, just as she did on part one. So we're just going to jump back into the conversation. Enjoy. So we're going to start off part two with a super fun two-band bill. I say two-band even though technically it was three. Not a fan of the opener of this uh, tour. So we're skipping Pop Evil and we're uh, going to talk about Cheap Trick and Poison. They were fine, but compared to Cheap Trick and Poison... yeah. They, they're they fine. Uh, yeah, that, that's very nice of you to say. Uh, this was actually, whenever shows started to get announced for summer tours, like around early spring, late winter, this was the one show I was like, I really we must need, go we to We need this. to go to this. Like, I just feel like the summer can't start off properly if we don't go see this bill. Bands that I have seen multiple times over, I've actually seen this band play together, but... I needed an, I needed another version of this tour to come around just to erase my memory. The last one had nothing to do with the other bands. Uh, I wanted a very positive, very fun version of this bill, and I got it. So Ugh. what you're saying was the first show was before NOLA. It was, in sadly. The, in the dark times. Very, very dark times. Let's just the, say the that... The before times. Let's just say that Def Leppard headlined over both of those bands that night, and I barely saw Def Leppard. It was a bad night. <laughs> so, back to the positivity. Cheap Trick Poison, that is going to be a summer show if I've ever heard one. And, you know, my expectations were pretty well met. I was also super excited and optimistic about even just Ricky Rocket being on tour again. He had a massive cancer scare last year. As of this recording, I think he even statused recently that... He got a clear bill once again this year. So, yay, Ricky. Speaking of cool drummers named Ricky, like we talked about on part yes. one, we have another one in Ricky Rocket. Uh, people bag on Ricky Rocket as far as like technical ability, but, man, that guy is a rock star, and he's super fun to watch live. I mean, like, can you do those stick tricks that he does and stay in time? No, you can't. Sorry, you can't. I, I can't do any stick yeah. tricks or stay in time. Yeah. So I'm always impressed at, like, the most average drummers. Yeah. Uh, Like, you show me those three-year-old kids, and I'm just like, better than I could do. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, exactly. I I think people just, you know, and and I'm like, you're you're pontificating on some sort of pseudo-scientific music theory about poison. 
it's like when you have to bring KISS fans down to earth. Like, we are just talking about KISS. We're not talking about elections. <laughs> so... Yeah, even, Which, by the way, go vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I see how I can shoehorn that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, Cheap Trick. And the other thing, I talk, we talked about this with BJ a few episodes back at the Expo. Uh, he's he's kind of really thrown off and confused by current Cheap Trick, because now it's becoming a family affair even more so. We, we've had nothing against Dax Nielsen uh, as far as the two of us go. Yeah, plays we've, very well. Plays very well. I mean, he's... Looks, but, looks great on stage. Yeah, and he's you know, he's no Bunny. He's definitely more, uh, you know, schooled sounding than Bunny because Bunny has his own style, his own sound. and Bunny taught himself. Yeah, and... And, and Dax learned from people. He probably learned a lot from Bunny, too, but he, you know, it's just there's just certain things you can't duplicate. That being said, the set lists I've seen with Dax have been really good, and the fact that he's in the band means that they can go outside the box a bit more sometimes. So even if you get a, a, a pedestrian cheap trick set list, there's still at least going to be a couple of surprises thrown in. Now we got uh, Robin Zander Jr., or whatever, Taylor Zander, whatever his name is. He's he's the son of Robin Zander. He's on stage now. He does backup vocals. He plays a third guitar. Uh, he definitely helps his old man out to not play the guitar so much, as BJ mentioned. Uh, so it, this was interesting to see five guys on a cheap trick stage, but you know, I I, don't, yeah. I think five looks natural. Eh, it's fine. Uh, like four always feels like it's missing something, but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. I like quintets. Yeah, and um, you know, Xander's in decent vo- vocal form at this point. Not perfect, but definitely not showing any signs of like hang it up, dude, as some vocalists may be getting lately. But uh, yeah. No huge complaints. It was a fun I, show. I knew to expect a mostly hit set from them, but I was actually surprised how deep they went for a summer shed set list. And I think at this point they're just amusing themselves, which is fine. Uh, they played like two new songs, and then I always question Need Your Love in the set list. I have nothing against the song, but it's a 10-minute slow song, and I don't know who it's servicing because... They're not doing it to give anybody in the band a break. If you notice that, like, Robin steps off for a little bit, I think, at one point. But for the most part, it's not one of those solo things where it's like, okay, I see why you're taking ten minutes to give somebody a break. First of all, they're not even, they're barely pulling an hour out there. So who really needs a break? But that's just me. But Need Your Love is kind of like 100,000 years for Kiss. Like, it's a long song, and you could add more songs by not playing that song. Is really what I'm getting at. Addition by subtraction. Exactly. Anyway, that's that's my sole nerd rant for the cheap trick thing. Otherwise, I enjoyed the set. I'm missing Borderline. We got spoiled on that for a yeah. while. That one's missed. Uh, bring yeah. it back, boys. Yeah, bring it back. But uh, they did debut a new song, which wasn't even on their latest album. Uh, We're all all right. Although they did play long time coming from that so he was like we're gonna play a brand new song so i'm like okay cool here's a song i don't have so let's go ahead and play that as part of the block and nola is picking the poison song represented here in the instance of the cheap trick song we're playing a studio version because a live version does not exist but since the poison song is one anything in the poison set list you've heard a thousand times. A thousand times. Everyone, there's no deep tracks in a Poison set list. <laughs> there, there's no deep thoughts in the band Poison. <laughs> either, yeah. They're all singles, and if they weren't big hits for them, it was a big hit for at least somebody else, yeah. in the sense of closing with Rock and Roll All Night, which I always enjoy. 
the deepest poison might ever get is like Crytuff. And that's if you get lucky. That's one of my favorite poison singles. Yeah, but we're going to play my favorite poison I single. I understand that. So we're going to kick off the block with Cheap Trick and their new single, The Summer Looks Good on You. And what are we going to play for Poison? Then we're going to wrap it up with Unskinny Bop by Poison. Here comes the summer, the summer. Let's go. 
Nothing screams outdoor sheds like songs by Cheap Trick and Poison right there, and I love it. That was The Summer Looks Good on You, which is a single-only release currently. You can get that one on iTunes. And of the thousand live versions of Unskinny Bop, that one comes off of the CD-DVD box, Live, Raw, and Uncut. Uh, a pretty decent live set, I, if I do say. If you got to pick one live Poison record... Uh, I think it's the only full-length concert they have on DVD, at least with the classic lineup. And uh, get that one. That one's pretty damn good. I enjoy it a lot. So, yeah. 
Okay, so Nola has left the room because there's nothing in this segment for her, and I totally get it. So I'm going to talk about the Slayer show that I went to this past summer and apparently the farewell tour for Slayer. Let's see. I actually, I think I kind of believe Slayer when they say they're hanging it up. I mean, this is a band that has always, you know, flown the flag of integrity uh, in the way that they record their music and stay true to themselves and they never sold out and all this other stuff. I think that if they balked on uh, the farewell tour and just lied to the fan base, you know, besides maybe doing the occasional festival date, but I'm saying if they go on tour again, then they lose a lot of credibility because this is a band, like I said, that has always stuck to their guns and they're very upfront, very black and white. And we love Slayer for that reason. Okay, so this thing, if you went to this tour, you know what I'm talking about here. I know that I'm probably going to come off old to a handful of people when I start talking about the bill on this particular show. Uh, but God damn it. I mean, five band bill, like really, this isn't, when you sign up for a show like this, obviously, you know, it's it's definitely no pussies allowed. I get it. But, man, like, and then start time at, like, 5 p.m. or 5.30 or something like that on a weekday. You know? Man, we all got fucking jobs. There's, like, there's no kids going to this show. Uh, some of us have jobs. Some of us have kids. Some of us have both. Thank God I don't have both. So, uh, man, just... Here's, okay, here, the, the bill, if you didn't go to this thing, it's, of course, Slayer. Well, let's start from the beginning here. First on is Testament, then Behemoth, then Anthrax, then Lamb of God, and then Slayer. And you got Slayer playing a full headline set. The other bands are playing, I think Lamb of God got at least an hour. And then everybody else got, I think uh, Anthrax got 45 minutes. Something like that. I think Behemoth and Testament got about a half hour to 40 minutes apiece. That's a real long night. And, you know, I shouldn't be bitching because in this day and age of the economy and whatever, what have you. You know, that I, I got a lot of bang for my buck. But I would have been just as thrilled with Testament, Anthrax, and Slayer for the same amount of money. Uh, also because I'm not a fan of Lamb of God and Behemoth. I know there's a lot of people that are fans of those bands. I don't get it. I don't think that they are worthy of passing the torch to, you know, especially if you're going to be associated with bands like Slayer and Anthrax and Testament. Yes, there are old bands that we grew up on and we have massive nostalgia for them. Yes, I, I understand that part. I'm not so far removed from reality that I don't see that. But when you hear these bands, I just hear the same stuff over and over again, and neither band can sing. They just can't. And... You know, Chuck Billy is a singer. Joey Belladonna is a singer. And even Tamaraya is a singer. A bit of a screamer, but the guy can also sing. And the other important thing, these bands can write songs. No matter how heavy they get, they still know how to construct a tune and have an arrangement that is interesting and fun to listen to and not just like, you know, a brick-walled white noise of the same shit with the same scrawly vocals. Scrally's not even a word. Maybe it is. I don't know. Okay. Old man rant go long enough. Okay. So, I said that to do all this. 
I think this is a time we've never done this before in Rock Strikes Ten. It's usually song that I talk, song that I talk. On these shows, we do tend to go into blocks when it comes to concerts. So I think you know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to forgo playing Lamb of God or Behemoth, even though I think I have a couple of songs each by him. I gave him a shot. Let's do an old school Headbangers Ball esque triple thrash threat. Oh yeah. It is now time to turn it up as loud as you can. And we're going to go in show order here. And we're going to do all live tracks. So, tell you what. Just kick back and enjoy this triple thrash threat of Testament, Anthrax, and Slayer. Yeah! 
ever going to turn up again on Rock Strikes Tim, but I'm glad I finally got to do one of those. Like I said, hearkening back to the old Headbangers Ball, that was a triple thrash threat of live versions of classics by Testament, Anthrax, and Slayer. We started off with Over the Wall from, uh, I think it's Return to the Apocalyptic City or something like that. That's a fun live record. And to represent Anthrax, we played from their Alive 2 release, which was their, uh, you know, kind of standalone reunion show with Joey Belladonna back in 06, 07, something like that. And a really cool version of Be All End All. And, you know, all these songs they played at the show. So, I mean, that's the idea of what we do when we play these songs here on the show. And, man, I'll tell you, I, I, I've definitely heard Be All End All by Anthrax Live. Always fun to do. It's turned into this massive soccer chant like you hear on that version. It's a lot of fun when they play it live. But, you know, I got to say, I wasn't 100% sure I was going to get one of my all-time favorite Slayer songs in the set list, but they definitely constructed what I believe to be the ultimate Slayer set list. And for me, personally, it would not be complete without Ditto Head. And that's what you heard there by Slayer 
Oh man, that song, when that song first came out, I know Divine Intervention is not their finest hour, but Ditto Head is one of the best heavy songs of all time. You know, the studio version's like two, two and a half minutes of just balls to the wall greatness. If I was making like the ultimate thrash compilation, you would have to put that song on there, I would think. So there you go, a cool live version of Ditto Head. Man, you talk about uh, people watching. I was up on the top part there at the Bomb Factory uh, for the Slayer set especially. I was actually on the floor, on the side floor for Testament and Anthrax, but once Slayer was going to come out, I mean, people, the people, it just got, it got crazy. Even on the sides and the backs, I mean, it was nuts to butts down there. I got up top, finally found a place I could watch the show. Uh, it took a long time, but man, I got to tell you, that is the craziest pit I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of heavy metal bands the circle pits and just the crazy tribal pits for slayer were impressive and you know i just it's so fun half the time i was watching the crowd i mean you know slayer they they gotta play note for note and they kill it and they're amazing live they do kind of just stand there and at this point they're not even headbanging all that much and i get that it's uh you know that's one of the reasons i think tamariah's hanging it up i mean his neck is just gone but i gotta tell you the fans make up for any kind of lack of show business aspect on that stage so cool i mean just one of the best sets i've ever seen ever and they just put everything into it that's why i truly believe this is the the farewell for them they just that was the best slayer show i've ever seen and i've seen them i think at least six times at this point something like that all right now for something completely different so these next two bands we're going to spotlight are these the the best shows i've been to all year so i'm going to talk about this show that i went to with my cnjradio.com partner chris my best friend in the world we went and saw the smashing pumpkins shiny and oh so bright reunion tour and you know a full disclosure i've been a pumpkins fan since uh, 95 95 when the melancholy was coming out i did resist for quite a bit uh, i think i've talked about this before on the show i did an all pumpkins episode earlier this year i hope i talked about this so you know i was a little late to the party but more importantly for me personally i never gave up on the band i constantly supported billy and because uh, i think he's a true talent i think he's a near genius not not a full-blown genius because i do not throw that term around loosely but a near genius and definitely uh, somebody a personality that i enjoy i love his out fandom of pro wrestling i i, I think he's great in interviews i just think he's got a good mind and I, it just happens to be one of my favorite bands of all time as well. So I was looking forward to this show. I was really kind of, I don't know what the word is, Not definitely not cynical because that that's definitely reserved for a lot of Facebook critics and trolls like LaFon, but, um, you know, I was just worried that it wasn't going to go over well. I was worried that the attendance wouldn't be great, and it, it wasn't sold out by any means. Uh, pretty much every show that it, where they played the basketball and hockey arenas, uh, the tops were definitely tarped off. But I got to say, there wasn't really any empty seats uh, on the uh, bottom balcony and on the floor. So it was decently attended. But that all being said, I, you know, I was just worried that it was just going to be like a pedestrian, like kind of greatest hit show, cash grabby kind of thing, you know, because James is back in the band and Jimmy Chamberlain's back in the band. So that's enough to get me excited, but I was just worried that, you know, if they played like they always had, I think people would have been like, oh, that was all right. But 
I've seen this band so many times, and I gotta say, it's been months now since I've seen the show. The show was back in July. That is the best I've ever seen them and heard them. Not only are they just playing their butts off, I mean, just matching some of those arrangements is not an easy thing to do. I mean, the rehearsals had to be nightmarish. Uh, This is a three-hour and 15-minute show every night also, so they haven't even changed doing that. When I saw them with Chris in 96, they played three and a half hours. So, I mean, they're doing this every other night or sometimes two nights in a row. And the other thing is that, you know, Billy gets knocked a lot for not being a great live singer, but he sounds great on this tour. It's the best he's ever sung. And for a guy who's not young anymore, he I think he's finally found the perfect live singing voice for himself. I mean, he was just on. So, you know, there's some people that won't get into this band ever because they don't like the way Billy sings. I get it. I've I've let it go at this point, but I gotta say, man, like I I think the tour is probably ended at this point, and but it was so well received and so even critically acclaimed by fans and critics alike, and I think it even renewed a lot of old fans to get back into the band. But you know, it was just a beautiful show. It just at, at some points I got really emotional during the show. It definitely tugged at the heartstrings almost unapologetically but that's what that band does and they can be super nice and ballady and 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 then they can be mega heavy whenever they want to be that's another thing i love about this band it kind of appeals to all the different genres that i like about rock and roll music so uh, yeah all that being said let's get into a double shot of smashing pumpkins and i'm playing two songs by them number one just to kind of reiterate the yin yang as i've talked about in the style and also just because since it's one of the best shows i've ever seen period let alone this whole year i figured it was apropos that i did play two songs and live at that so here we go here's a blog of the pumpkins we're going to start things off with a nice song a little 33 and then we're going to end it with zero so enjoy and we'll be back with nola after this
Thanks for coming back. It's been a month. A <laughs> couple of months. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, we're going to talk about, uh, definitely by, by right now, if I had to choose, uh, like, favorite shows of the year, and we're getting towards the end of the year, which is kind of weird and crazy, this is my second favorite show of the whole year. This is my favorite show that I've attended with you. We're going to talk about a show I thought I'd never get to see. And once it went on sale, we yeah. were just... We're, uh, we're going to talk about our Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our August cash-in Christmas present. That was um, that was good. I have really nice in-laws. Let's just say, like... My parents I'll, I'll t- really love us. Yeah, I'll tell you something. My... and I'm Okay, I'm not trying to completely disparage my family, but... Your family's very nice. They're very nice. They... But here's the thing. They know what I'm into. Mm-hmm. And not once, and I know this is going to sound shitty because it's a gift, but not once have I ever received a gift card to go to movie theaters. I've never received concert tickets as presents or like a Ticketmaster gift card. You know, things like, like, hey, Joey goes to a lot of, let's, you know, I've just never, they've never done that for (laughs) me ever. Like right out of the gate, it's like, hey, and, just and really my, expensive. And then my shit. parents are like, "What do y'all want?" And I was like, "Well, I'm about to buy these tickets," and they're like, "We'll buy them for you. That's so, your Christmas gift." And I'm like, "Done." So brilliant. And so, then Christmas rolls around. Yeah. So and and we're sitting there at Christmas, like, and we're like, <laughs> bouncing well, up and down the chair. Well, I'm like, the tickets are already in my inbox. I sure. bought them. Yeah, yeah. Months ago. Yeah. So I'm gonna tease this a little bit more because I haven't even revealed yeah. the act yet. So. This is a band that, and you're going to love this, this band initially broke up the year you were born. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) They have never been active full-time in your lifetime until about two or three years ago. 
hey, that's about time uh, yeah, we became active the, the, in each other's as, lifetimes. As, as, well, no, as a legal couple. As, yeah. as, a, as a married husband yeah. and wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's been longer than that. I never thought I'd get to see him, and that was definitely on the top ten, like, need to see this band live. Yeah, um, this... I mean, I, I love them. I knew from the moment I first heard them I would never get to see them live. <laughs> so, I'm like... I, like I was born, and I'm like, no, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, I'll just have yeah a great playlist. Yeah, and for the last eight years and change, living living with Nola here, whenever I put on a concert DVD, and I have so many of them, and I'm sure a lot of you out there do this. You have your favorites that you just tend to watch over and over again, like a mental patient. I think probably the last five out of ten times I put on a concert <laughs> DVD, and that's a that's a conservative number. It's been this one particular DVD by it's this so band, good. but it's so good, and it makes you want to see them live because they're just that good on it. So, finally, getting to the point here, we got to see Jeff Lynne and the Electric Light Orchestra, or Jeff Lynne's ELO, legally I think is the name yes. of it now. So, yeah, I mean, it, and was, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it delivered on you know almost every front. Uh, I, I like. I'd only have like mini gripes in the set. Like I maybe I would cut two songs off and put two in that I know I definitely would have wanted her here. I would have just cut off roll over Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so and brutal. I'm like, I wouldn't even of... need to add anything in as long as we just cut that off. Yeah, we kind of have this. We've been this is kind of an ongoing theme on these last two episodes. But if you cut off roll over Beethoven, you get three good songs. I could have gotten the whole Xanadu soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, there you go. There's a we're gonna get into that actually. The I when I saw online their Hyde Park reunion show, they opened up with all over the world, and I was like, "Wow, that's probably just going to be an England thing," because Xanadu was a bust in the United States. So I don't know how Jeff Lynne feels about performing that material in front of crowds that may not have appreciated it. But I grew up on the Xanadu soundtrack. I love the Xanadu soundtrack, and yeah, it wasn't the opener, but a few songs in, we got all over the world. Everybody 
from 1980s Razzie winning Xanadu. I think the Razzies were actually created because of Xanadu, if I'm not mistaken. Weren't they created because of Sandra Bullock? No, but she actually is one of the ones that showed up to yeah, the Razzies. Yeah, she embraces it. Yeah, and so did, um, who played the bad cat woman? Uh, was it Halle Berry? Yeah. It Halle, was Halle Berry Halle... played a yeah. cat woman. She showed up for hers, too. Yeah. So, okay. But, uh, yeah, the Razzie Awards. Okay, so Xanadu... Xanadu. Xanadu is a do. Go see it. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's fun. If you if you watch Phantom of the Park at least once a year, then you then you should be watching Xanadu. You should be at least willing to watch Xanadu because they're equally. Xanadu is campy. ten times better than Phantom of the Park. I don't know about that, but I I equally acting love... soundtrack. Technically, Xanadu is a better soundtrack because it actually uh, exists. The, the actors <laughs> the act- in Xanadu that's, actually knew their lines. That's a they hor- showed up yeah. sober. It's a horse um, race, yeah. It's not a horse Not race. everybody was sober <laughs> on that movie. I'm sorry. Well, they were high, but they yeah. were sober. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But moving off of Regardless. the battle that we're ensuing here over <laughs> Xanadu versus Phantom of the Park. But this was another one of those shows where the people we sat next to... Yeah. Were fantastic. Super cool, and it was one of those things. Like, uh, and I, you know, I, I actually like did tell them about my show, so I hope they're listening. That would be awesome. Please message me if if you are listening. But when they, when they showed up, I was like, man, it's gonna be that's a fucking bro fest. Yeah, like, these dude bros next yeah. to us. But then they turn out to be like awesome, so cool, awesome geeky fanboys. And I did that thing where I engaged them between the sets, between the opener and yeah, Jeff. Jefflin, Jefflin Ziello. Yeah, so I was like doing the whole. So oh, you guys like big fans, you know, like because I was doing the whole like. I, please, I, please don't talk during the set. I list was doing because... the please don't talk bit because we get so many talkers and I get talkers at all these shows. So I was trying to like, okay, these are the guys that are going to talk if anybody's going to talk. Yeah. So these are the guys that Noel's going to like push and punch and be really mad because this was a Christmas gift. Right. We need to enjoy this. So I overemphasized how much of a fan I was. I even overshot like, like. When I was a fan in the mid '80s, I wasn't. I was like, and I and they broke up just as I was getting into them, and I never got to see them. You know, I was like doing the whole yeah. thing. So they were like, I'm putting on the front, and this is a special show for me, which it was. I'm not lying about yeah. that part. I, I exaggerated everything else. Yeah, but they were great, and they had their own deep cuts that they wanted to hear. That's how much of yeah. fans they were. But then the couple on the other side of us drove down from Tulsa because this was the closest they were getting, and yeah. we're like, we are these people, like. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And they were like, hey, do you mind switching these seats? And then they can have these two seats, so that way we're all with our group, and then y'all can sit here, and then the other guy showed up, and they were yeah. like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So we had... Especially getting on the end of the aisle. No one really is going to say no. Yeah, no that. one's going to say no to the aisle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we had, like, just the best row of yeah. people. It's, um, it's rare. That's like, yeah. You appreciate those And then we didn't now. have anybody shitty behind us. Yeah. We didn't have anybody shitty in front of us. Yeah. And I was able to stand and sit as as I pleased because there are some things that I definitely want to stand and dance and move around for. And then other things that I'm just like, I really just want to sit and soak this in and enjoy this. Yeah, exactly. No, no problem with that. The other, the other little, little geeky thing I can tell you about this show, just besides how shit hot the set list was and how well it was performed, is I noticed, especially the last few years, a lot of bands, you can tell are actually picking... The pre-show music like they they make the playlist now yeah and they want it to be part of the overall atmosphere whether you're just coming in or you've been there the whole night and 
maybe Jeff Lynn did not pick this set list, and maybe somebody in the organization was like, this will be a good idea. Whoever thought about this yeah, is who, great. Yeah, whoever his band director... Yeah. I was, I was like, that's what they're called, right? Yeah, band, band directors? directors. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, every band has one. Yeah. But, you know, like, whoever's quote-unquote running the show, I was like, I was about to do air quotes, you guys can't see that. <laughs> yes, it's great radio. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whoever's running the show is probably picking this, and they did really good. Yeah. It was great. So it was, it not only was it was an evening with Jeff Lynn, but before the ELO set, they're basically playing a greatest hits of songs that Jeff Lynn has produced. So you got to hear the Beatles songs he produced, the Tom Petty songs, of course. Uh, the, even the Brian Adams song that I really enjoy, that I really like that album, uh, George Harrison. This kind of bleeds back into the ELO show. Man, and he played Handle With Care. Yeah. And... I thought it was actually going to be okay, and then the yeah. video screen started, and yeah. I was so mad at him for doing that. Yeah. And even just thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm, yeah. I can't, I can't we, do we it. We miss Tom a lot. Yeah, so. The really cool thing about that, that's still going to make me emotional when I say it, but I feel the need to say it, is that, you know, everybody pretty much at this point knows who the Traveling Wilburys are and who's in that band. Jeff, as a member and one of the uh, architects of the actual thing coming together, deserves to be playing that song, and any other song of theirs that he wants to play is fine. It's all for grabs with him. So, on the video, and think about it, who else is in that band? Harrison, rest in peace. Bob Dylan's still around. A lot of people love him. He is considered a musical icon, an important artist. I appreciate and... what he's done <laughs> in relation to what he's made possible for other people that I like yeah. more. Yeah. And then a super icon in the late Roy Orbison, who was the first to go during, actually during the album's run, he passed away. And all very gracious applause. And then when Tom comes on the video, and then just the wave of applause, and you're just yeah. like, oh my there God. There was a collective, like, sigh, gasp, then crazy round of applause. Yeah. And I was like, that is... I mean, it's so telling as someone who came up when this person was the, their modern artist, and then the fact that he's like, oh, I, I think outdone, especially in terms of like visibility, popularity, the mark they left. I mean, it's it's at least equal, if not in my opinion, greater than some of those other guys. Not not to beat him up, but like that just shows you. And, like, and Tom would just be like, oh, shucks, man. Like, yeah. I don't know about that. And he, that. he would put himself on the bottom of that list. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I'm going to stop talking about it because it really makes me emotional. Yeah, so that was our ELO show. It was it was a lot of a lot of smiles and a and a few... A few tears. A few <laughs> glistening eyeballs and yeah. and really great people and and just the best time ever. And man, I'm getting older. Like, I'm crying at shows now. Yeah. Like I did the Pumpkins. We I talked about this earlier. I'm glad you weren't here when I talked about that, actually. <laughs> well, it's like, that, that. it's like that first time that I got to see Brian Wilson, and I'm just... <sighs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, well, they played 17 songs, and I cried on 15 of them, so <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Gotcha. Um, well, you, you know, think, yeah. it was... You know, one of the really cool things about getting these tickets from my parents for Christmas was being able to go to them after the show and then being like, how was it? And I got to relay that to them. And they're like, we are so glad that y'all had so much fun. Like, like this is like, it, it was like one of my favorite things is 
listening to other people talk about things that they love when they get really excited about it and they start geeking out about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I really think I got that from my parents too because seeing them watch me geek out about this show. And a band that they were listening to when, yeah. they, were, when they were coming up. You know? Yeah. Def- you know, definitely thing. a band that you know I grew up listening to on the radio, yeah. so I knew that they... It was at least on their radio. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but, you know, like, seeing how excited my mom was that we were so excited that we got to go to this was super cool. Yeah. And not to be braggadocious or anything about it. No, no. It's, it's a um, genuine thing. Is what yeah. It is. yeah. So, uh, super special thanks to my parents for sponsoring that trip. Yes. Um, and, and only one of 12 shows that that band uh, has currently just played in the United States, and that's it. And North America, because North, they, it, included the, it included yeah. the Canadian dates. Yeah, North America, like, only 12 shows, and then the fact that Texas got two of them. And then yeah. we were like, as soon as we went to that show, I was like, man, I wish we'd have went to the Houston we show now. We definitely should have driven to Houston yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been cool to see Gary uh, out there, because I know he went. He goes to all the good shows, too. Uh, I should have him on. I bet he's got a good concert memory episode in him. Oh, yeah. And have him over sometime. All right. Well, he, there's got to be a show he's going to want to drive to Dallas, and I'm going to kidnap him for a day. Yeah. All right. So, last show of the night and the end of part two. It's been a nice journey. I appreciate you coming along with us on this concert road trip. Is a, a really solid double bill that was originally a different double bill. This show was announced last year. We were going to go. We were actually going to go with our friends John and Amanda, who actually went to the KISS show with us. What's up, guys? And when we originally had tickets, it's the only show I've ever had tickets to that has been canceled ever. I'm usually very lucky in that sense, but the Scorpions were supposed to play here last year with Megadeth as the special guest, and it got canceled because Klaus had a health scare, which scared me because Klaus is... 97. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is he is over 70. <laughs> but, um, you know, and he's got... And I, I don't want to qualify it for his age. He's got an exceptional voice for a guy in his 20s. Yeah, for a human. Yeah, exactly. So he's pulling it off massively. I, um... Like, he didn't seem as animated as I've seen him in the past. And I, he, that makes he, me a little nervous. He seemed a little quiet. Yeah. Um was my biggest thing and I'm just like maybe his mic's just not turned up all the way yeah, yeah. Um, I've, but, I've, but he yeah. still sounded good yeah I've seen him earlier like I've seen him as early as uh, 95 or 96 was the first time it was 95 is when I saw the Scorpions for the first time and then I saw him a lot through the rest of the 90s they were always on bills that I was like okay totally gonna go see that I saw him with Motley and I saw him with a few other bands we saw them together at Rock in America, one of the first major shows we went to. That was one of the still one of the best sets I've ever seen. They were it was so, real good. That actually that set was so good, I became a bigger fan of the band after that. I, I started actively making sure I had all the albums after that. So that's what a good set list will do for me. Uh, so we finally got to see a local Scorpion show. It got rescheduled for just a, it just happened a few weeks ago, back mm-hmm. here in the early September. At the Irving Music Factory Toyota Pavilion, worrying about the bomb thing. And, uh, Did you say pavilion? Pavilion, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to keep it. Okay. Uh, this time, since Megadeth, the different obligations, or they're just off the road right now. Sadly, didn't get them, but we got a very competent replacement in Queensryche, 
which actually I was like, okay, because I've seen Megadeth a whole lot. I've seen Queensryche one other time, and it was with Jeff Tate. I've yet to see them with Todd Latore, who is their new singer, and I already knew that Todd was a great singer. I knew that he fit very well in the band already, at least on Wax, because I've, I've got the two records that he's on now with the band. I would even heard him sing some of the old songs. Man, I was just like, whew. Okay, here's the deal. I'm going to be a little bit of a dick here and say I can tell it, or it seems like some of the other guys in the background vocals are on tracks. It seems that way. Maybe I'm wrong. But Todd Latore is definitely singing live, and he is a beast. He is an excellent singer. I'm going to say what I said at the show. Okay. Which is Todd Latore between singing bits yeah. when he when speaks he yeah. sounds like Chris Jericho, <laughs> who is the front man for Fozzie, yeah. one of our favorite wrestlers. Yes. And, and I don't know now if that's just how they talk or if Todd Latore and Chris Jericho are mimicking... <laughs> the the other queen's right guy oh jeff tate yeah, yeah. I, I will say like i looked over at you and you're not enough of a geek to like you know even like have noticed this on the front end like when todd latore talks he talks like jeff tate it's yeah. bizarre like so it's... i feel i feel like todd latore is not <laughs> mocking but paying tribute but paying tribute and you know wanting to give people that authentic queen's feel yeah. And and now I don't know if that's what Jericho is supposed to sound like, or if Jericho is doing the same thing. Yeah. Because I know he's a fan. Yeah, I would just uh, I I immediately thought of the the scenario that a uh, somebody somebody who's a massive Queensrÿche fan could come out of a coma and also lose his sight in the process, and they could take him to the show. And they, it, it, if you'd never said anything, they would be like, "Wow, Jeff Tate." Sounds amazing. Still has it. He might be better than the last time I saw him. I really, <laughs> truly feel that way. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to hate on Jeff Tate, but he definitely seems like an odd fellow. Yeah. Um, and but he seems like a ni- he seems very nice to his fans. I've noticed, and he was really he's been really cool to um, the Striegels. You know, so I'm not hating on the guy completely. But as far as like how he was <laughs> acting with the rest <laughs> of the band, it's probably good that they're they're both separated from each other at this point. That being said, uh, if you're if for some reason you're hesitating on going to see Queensrÿche because of Todd Latore, don't. Yeah, don't. Because it's Just super go. authentic. It's fine. It's great. Yeah. So moving on, Scorpions headliners. Scorpions. Scorpions. Yeah. Sorry, I can't say it without saying that. Yeah. Uh, headliners. It was just cool to see them all. I really enjoyed the presentation. It wasn't as big stage feely as the Rock in America thing was, mm-hmm. mainly because there wasn't James Kodak on a forty foot drum riser, mm-hmm. but. I will say this: first time seeing him with Mickey D, uh, you know, ex Motorhead, and I'm super excited that Mickey is their new drummer. I think I loved James Kodak in the band. He was my Scorpions drummer because even though I grew up on the Herman Rarebell stuff, every time I saw him, it was with James Kodak. So I was going to be missing James somewhat. Uh, but Mickey D has to be in the top, not only I guess top replacement drummer of all time because he came into Motorhead, made him better. If that was possible, but when you go see him live, 
he's a beast. And seeing him play with the Scorpions was so super fun. It's not a 40-foot drum riser. It's around a 10 to 15-foot one that does ascend at some point, even more so. i got to think he's still getting used to that because this guy has been grounded his whole life. <laughs> and now he's like, oh, I've got rockets oh, shooting out of my butt. i now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was pretty wild. No, well, I was going to say that I like that he's not like one of those flashy drummers. But he's he he's uh, his hair is always it. moving around. And, yeah, you know, like I know he's working hard. Yeah, but he's not doing like the drumstick tosses and like the behind the heads and yeah. the twirls. Like he is, he is there to do a job, but he is having fun. Yeah, maybe if he did some of those drumstick tosses, he wouldn't be as pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like this guy works so hard and he still looks exactly the same as he did. I mean. At least he's not going up. He's not fluctuating yeah. up in weight, you know, like he was in 1993 even. So it's just like, I think some people just are born and stay a certain way. Because that and, guy should weigh 90 pounds the way he But, drums. like, all rock drummers just have that same kind of look to them. They're all usually really lean. They just are sweating buckets. You know, they're yeah. working real hard. Yeah. And, and they just don't gain any weight. And Mickey yeah. D's just kind of sitting there with his dad bod six pack drinking yeah. tummy and, and I'm just like that's fine and Jason Bonham used to be a pudgy guy too and now he looks like a guy that hits the gym every day maybe he does probably I mean you might have to but um, but I love it yeah I mean I'm yeah <laughs> it's, so, it's great Mickey D is the most unassuming badass drummer as far as like if you didn't know anything about him you see him and you're like he looks like the like one of the roadies in the movie Rockstar, you know. Like he looks like a parody of, oh yo, you gonna kick you out of the show, you know? Like one of those guys, you know. I don't know, but <laughs> go see the Scorpions. They're still super fun. They're amazing. And the other thing, and I was saying like Klaus may be not feeling very well this time around. Still got the pipes. Rudolph making up for it. Rudolph seventy mm-hmm. something, running around like a damn teenager. I said I said Klaus still sounds like he's in his twenties. But Rudolph is running around like he's like, seventeen. Like he had three Red Bulls, and someone said, "If you go out and run around on stage for ninety minutes without without stop downing, except to do your vocals, then you get to have a three way <laughs> every single night." <laughs> like that's the kind of performer Rudolph Schenker is. He's just he's a madman. He always has been, and we love him for it. So go see him. You're gonna get. Most of all the hits. First time seeing him not hearing Holiday and Still Loving You back to back. That's super weird to me. But there's always enough ballads to make up for it, I suppose. I have no problem with Send Me an Angel. It was well received. I dug it. Uh, Winds of Change hit me more than it ever has just because of shit that's going on. I'm not from Russia, but which was what the, some of the stuff was. <laughs> and, and, the, and I'm not from Germany either. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, of course, when they say... <laughs> we were like... You know, everybody, you know, the, the whole message was even Klaus said an extra like, hey, everybody be cool. We can all live together and be as one, just like we say in Winds of Change. And the whole place applauds. And I'm like, yeah, how many of you assholes actually practice that? You know, like, because yeah. yeah, there's a so, lot. There's so a lot. for one more time, go register to vote. The last day to register to vote is October 9th. Early voting in Texas begins October 22nd. Election yeah. day is November 6th. Yeah. Um. You know, we we are the winds of change. Hey, there yeah. you go. Yeah. But that's not what we're going to play. We're not going to play winds of change. We're going to play a song that I didn't really know anything about and really enjoyed at the show. Yeah, so we're going to start off the block with actually a Todd LaTorre-led Queensryche classic. 
We're going to have him do, uh, with the band, a, a extremely awesome, probably the show stealer of the night, even at that show, a live version of Queen of the Reich. And then we're going to play We Built This House. Yeah, so turn it up.
Closing off this epic two-parter, our concert memories from the last year and change. That was Queen's Reich with Queen of the Reich. You can actually find that as a bonus track on the second to last album. I think it's just self-titled, actually, Queen's Reich. Uh, but at the end of the studio album proper, you get two live songs to kind of be like, hey, check out how badass he is on these old songs. Really smart thing to do, actually. So... When he hit that high note at the show, Queen of the Rock, everybody was like, yeah. We all just kind of went, ooh. Yeah, like, we're not fucking around here. And then we closed off with a, a nice modern Scorpions anthem. Yes, they can still write anthems like nobody's business. We built this house. On and, a rock. Whoa. Yeah, thank yeah, you. That was fun. Yeah, they, um, and another smart thing, they put their lyric video up. They did. To help out the crowd, and that's. It, it was a little slow. Yeah. But it was it worked still. Like yeah. by the second time the chorus comes around, we knew exactly what to say. Yeah, I mean if you if you can't get that even after you've smoked all the terrible weed, oh, and don't, I, I know the worst. And uh, I don't, and like all the beers and all the big. I tall, feel like I need to justify my hatred for it because nah. it's not that they're doing it; it's that it smells so terrible. Yeah, like. The cheap weed. Like, it's yeah. the super cheap skunk weed. And neither of us smoke, but like... Uh, like. But we have friends yeah, and yeah, people yeah. that like to enjoy those lifestyles, and that's fine. Yeah. Go go live your life. Not hating. Vote. Yeah, go vote. <laughs> um, 
Oh, but it just smells so bad. Yeah, like the bad, cheap skunk weed. Stop doing it. Uh, pony up with all your friends and buy the good stuff at least. Yes. Especially if you're going to get busted for it, I mean. Yeah. Like, make it worth your while. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got you in on my rant. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I want to thank uh, thank you for coming on the show, sweetie. Always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure just living with you in general. and uh, Debatable. And uh, I like you enough to where I can I can bring you into the Man Cave studio once in a while. And and this is totally cool. This is fine by me. So I'm sure everybody else enjoys it. Everybody loves you. So uh, for more episodes with NOLA, please go to cnjradio.com, home of every episode of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones that aren't on iTunes. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out the Synaptic Empire Radio featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. Randy was at a handful of these shows, actually. He was at last two parts. I bet I figured this out. He was at Tears for Fears and Hollow Notes. He was at Maiden and Ghost. He was at the Fozzie Show. He did three shows that night, by the way. Because he's a maniac. Yeah, he did The Crawl that night. Uh, I don't think he was at the Poison Show. He was definitely at the Slayer Show because that's his second favorite band of all time, if not his favorite. And I don't know. I don't know if he made any of the other ones. I hope he went to ELO. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Randy Brown. True Alternative. We love him. Go check out his show. His show is uh, completely different than mine, but his variety is a whole different animal. So That's not a tagline, just something I came up with on the fly. Uh, also on cnjradio.com, the flagship wrestling house show with myself and my CNJ Radio partner, Chris. Without Chris, there is no Rock Strikes 10 or anything else. So check out Wrestling House Show where we pontificate on the ins and outs, mostly of WWE, pro wrestling side of things. We talk about other feds as well. But if you are uh, a fan or behind or just don't have enough time to watch wrestling, we make you a really nice super card, about a two or three hour super card. Uh, based on everything from that last month. So we save you a lot of time there. So it's a free public service to the world of pro wrestling fans. And episodes coming soon of Last Theater on the left. We've got some more series reviews planned and a couple of standalones. So stick around for that and subscribe to all those shows on iTunes and never miss a, a single one, like I said, at the top of each show. Last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the awesome outro. But yeah, go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband, purchase their latest album Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Let them know if you buy that album digitally, they will send you a free physical copy with your proof of purchase. Uh, their Facebook page will have more details. You can send them a message or uh, email them, but very cool guys. Yes, they are. Yes. All right. I have no idea what the next episode is, but we'll see you on the next one. Have fun.